This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. And welcome to the Young Lioncast, your fortnightly audio source of all things New Japan Pro Wrestling, right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined, as always, by the John Lennon of the Young Lioncast, Chris O'Brien. How are you, Chris? Does this mean I get to be murdered soon? Uh, well, I hope not. I hope not. Who on earth would do this wonderfully, unofficially official New Japan podcast with me? God. <laughs> once a year for Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> He's not even here for this Wrestle Kingdom. He's not. He has officially bailed. He Since we've been doing podcasts together, Garth has done Wrestle Kingdom every year with me. And this year, two nights of Wrestle Kingdom was just too much for him. I think he just got that excited that he just blew his load and was done. He's just not used to good wrestling, is he? Well, no, he likes AEW, which isn't that bad, to be fair. It's quite good. NWA Power, which is... It just reminds me of his childhood. <laughs> his adolescence. Yeah, he, he just remembers Blackburn and then remembers Father Christie and he's like, no, I don't want to remember my childhood. Do you know what? I would argue there is absolutely nothing else you need to remember about that time period. <laughs> what, other than wrestling? Yeah. Well, the 80s. Yeah. Um, Bowie was big, but like he was after the Ziggy Stardust phase, so like it's not, it's not like peak Bowie. Um, Queen, but like Again, we're past Pete Queen at that point. They're releasing Hot Fuzz, and that's a shit album. Um, they were releasing what? Sorry, Hot Fuzz. No, that's a that's a film. But like, it's also a Queen album. I'm sure it's not called Hot Fuzz. It is called Hot. Hang on, I'm googling this right now. Yeah, so am I. Fuzz Queen. All right, maybe it's not called Hot. Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, what the fuck is this album called? It's isn't it Hot News or something? No, 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 hang on, hang on. Hot space, fuck what? <laughs> Shame about that queen, then. It's just the one queen, actually. Amazing. Amazing. Have you heard about the story about when um, the Sex Pistols and Queen were recording in the same studio? Uh, I think so. I think so. So, so. so, for people who don't know, Johnny Rotten walks in, and he's like, um, oh, he's still trying to be ballet to the masses and freddie mercury apparently just stands up says oh go away you oaf and pushes him out the door he's just you will never have a better front man than freddie mercury ever no because like he had it all he, he can fucking make people do the arrow thing from the fucking grave so he's incredible he is absolutely incredible that man and we miss him dearly However, that was not the way I was going to start this podcast, because believe it or not, Chris, we can't go on our traditional Young Lioncast rants today. And why is that? Because this podcast is probably going to be about four and a half hours as it is. And that is because, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the back of Wrestle Kingdom 14. It's in the books, two nights of 
early mornings to get up and watch us some New Japan Pro Wrestling and some history-making New Japan Pro Wrestling at that. So, 4th of January, 5th of January, Tokyo Dome. Chris, overall thoughts of the show as a whole? I'm just happy you're watching Stardom now. Um... Fucking amazing. Like, do we ever come out of a wrestling and not thinking it's amazing? No. And, you know, you go through every main event and you always feel like you've seen something special. And uh, we'll save, you know, our our reactions for later on. But coming off the back of this, you sent me a message saying you were so hyped for New Japan Pro Wrestling again. And I came out of this, especially night two, and I was so emotionally drained from that main event i was i don't think i've ever been as invested in a match as i was in that main event of night two of wrestle kingdom 14 and we'll get to that definitely but i agree with you chris what show i mean to be fair i'm gonna be more emotionally invested in the main event of new beginning in sapporo um (laughs) we will get to that because yes there have been announcements for the new beginning shows, uh, two in Sapporo and one in Osaka, which we'll be previewing at the end of this podcast, probably quite quickly, again, as this podcast is already going to be about four and a half hours. First thing then, Chris, before we go into the nights, because obviously we'll start with now on, the first thing I want to draw your attention to is the grand total of fans. 70,071 fans in attendance. I have a point to make about this. Do you notice how night one has 10,000 more than night two? You do notice that, and I feel like because of the way New Japan booked and because, you know, night two, you weren't sure and things like that, that that might have been a potential um, stalling point. That's the official reason. Oh, okay, go on then. Arisa wasn't on night two. Is that why you think... No, that, that is definitely why. Okay, and on whose authority do you have that? <laughs> Dave, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Dave Meltzer said, no, Arisa, it was shit. <laughs> um, the, the official Wrestle Kingdom 14 breakdown on day one, 40,008 people. Now, just for reference, Wrestle Kingdom 13 last year's Wrestle Kingdom, which of course was main evented by Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi, drew 38 1,162 fans while Wrestle Kingdom 12 which of course ultimately had the same main event as Wrestle Kingdom 14 drew 34,995 to draw 40,000 to any wrestling show is absolutely incredible but to then draw a further 30,000 the second night is it's a real feather in the cap for Wrestle Kingdom and for New Japan yeah, exactly. And keep getting bigger and bigger each year. Yes, Wonder Wimber Bubble's going to pop, but like, this is literally what I thought was going to be the popping point, but then like, these shows just made me love New Japan again. So. Yeah, absolutely. And let's let's delve into these shows because we'll have things to say about some matches and not necessarily for others. Uh, so the pre-show, of course, of night one, which started, I have a little apology to make because on the preview show, I said that the stated times were the times that the main card, sorry, the yeah, the main card started. So on night one at 7 a.m., I thought that that was when the uh, main card started. It wasn't. That was when the pre-show started. So we all got an extra hour in bed 
in England on the GMT time schedule. So, get um, excuse in. me, we're not all from fucking England. <clears throat> You're not Scottish, Chris. Nobody I'm thinks. Fucking, I'm legit. I'm actually Scottish. It says it on my fucking provisional license and everything. <laughs> I'm legit Scottish. <laughs> I have I have a young Scott card. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, no, it gives me discounts and buses. Actually, that's a lie. I don't have it anymore. Cause you're not um, a young Scott. No, I'm an old Scott. Um, no, I just lost it. <laughs> you're such a child. Wait, right, fucking! I don't lose my rail card. I know my ABCs and my one, two, threes. <laughs> so let's start on the pre-show of night one we started with eight-man tag team action i mean officially we started with the dark match the stardom match with mayo iwatani and arissa your absolute favorite in all the world taking on the team of hanakamura and julia apparently a really really good match got some real heat towards the end obviously we are never going to see that match on New Japan World uh, due to conflicts between the station that houses Stardom and the station that houses Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, whether it is one day, whether it one day surfaces on Stardom TV, I, I don't know. Um, I, I hope it does because, like, Stardom has stuff. Like, whenever their wrestlers go somewhere, they end up putting it up on. Like, we went to Pro Wrestling Eve in London and they put that up. So, like, if not beyond the realms of possibility. Um, just very quickly comment on things in it. I'm not sold at all on Julia. Apparently she was from, like, Ice Ribbon or something, and ever since getting started, she's just not impressed me at all. I say that, I haven't seen her Hannah match, which is apparently good, but, like, Hannah Kimura's not great either. Like, she's more like a look than a wrestler. She's the Roman Reigns of stardom. And I say that, people actually love her, and to a creepy extent, like a really creepy extent, because she's, like, my age, and people are like, oh, she's the perfect woman. It's weird. Um, and also Arissa and Mayo. Uh, it's funny because it's my stardom favourite and your stardom favourite in a tag team. It is. It is. It's it's almost like it was just meant to be. Um, going back to your previous point, I did watch uh, the Hannah Kimura and Julia match. And it was good. It was decent. It was a knockout, drag-out brawl. Um, yeah, you don't really get them from, from Hannah. Like, she's normally... She plays a lot of comedy from a lot of the time. And the only time I've really seen her, like, do drag-outs is in, like, the five-star GP and... Um, against B Priestley when she went for the title. So, I mean, I'd, get, I'd I give it if we're going to give if we're going on a Meltzer scale, I'd, I'd give it three and three quarters. I don't think it's quite four stars. Uh, well, yeah. How else could get? By the way, quickly, how else could get to versus Mayo? Um, I'd give it four. Uh, was it four and a half? I had some issues with the selling, which you know is one of my I, issues. Honestly, I think I think you're just gonna have to shift the style because they don't wrestle like. Other places, <clears throat> yeah. Suspend the disbelief. It was still a like, really, really good match. You watch Dragon Gate, so like you can get away with some bad selling. <laughs> I'd still give it four and a quarter, touching four and a half. Nice. Um. So yeah, that was the first match with Team Mayu getting the win. Um. Over Team Hannah. First officially televised match was match one, eight man tag team match with the team of Toa Hanare, Carl Fredericks, Alec Coglin, and Clark Connors, defeating the team of Yota Suji, Yuya Uemura. I always struggle with that name and I don't know why. Uh, Togi Makabe and Tomawaki Homer at seven minutes and 36 seconds with the Toa bottom. Um, <laughs> that's all it costs. That's genuine. That's genuinely what it's called. Did you not hear it called that on Coventry? No, I was I was still waking up, Rob. Yeah, it's called the Toa Bottom, which <laughs> I don't know. I'm caught in two minds, really, because it is better than his spear, um, but it's also got a yeah. terrible, terrible name. 
but like that's not hard. Like I could throw a better spear. Like, cause like he picks him up and hugs him to the ground. It's what I do when I spear my nieces. <laughs> um, not a bad match to be perfectly honest. I haven't got a lot to say. It's your typical young lion match again. Fairly hard hitting. I love the rivalry between the New Japan Dojo and the LA Dojo. Carl Fredericks continues on his ascent. I uh, cannot wait to see what he is like uh, when he comes back. Is it just me or did like the LA Dojo guys have more personality than the um, New Japan Dojo? Do you think though that is a difference between dojos? Yeah, well, I say that like Shibata's teaching the LA Dojo, isn't it? So like he's not exactly going to teach you to be emotional as Shibata. Well, no, actually, I disagree. Um, on the Dash show when Coglin opened up, um, he was having a very very heated exchange, I think, with Hanare. Um, and one of the commentaries, I can't remember who it was, said that, I think it was Chris Charlton, said that Shibata had actually said that Coglin needs to show that anger in the ring and needs to really bring it out in his striking and the way he moves. So actually, it, it actually looks like Shibata is actually condoning and actually trying to bring out that emotion in a couple of his guys. Maybe. Um, <clears throat> to be fair, like also, like, we have more impressive news that probably because they were like wrestlers before entering the dojo. That certainly helps. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're doing like fucking deadlifts, um, gut wrenches and shit like that. So like, I don't know. I think it's literally just a case of training. Like, I don't know what their ceiling is. Maybe this is their ceiling. But to be fair, the two young line matches were really enjoyable. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's all really we need to say about it. It's nice to see Toa Hanare getting a pinfall victory at a Wrestle Kingdom, even if it's on uh, the pre-show. I think. Fingers crossed. There are decent things ahead for him, but we'll see. We'll see. It could be slow burn. Yeah, and I think with announcements post Wrestle Kingdom and post New Year Dash, it's I don't know. I I can see the writing on the wall for Homer. He's 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 not long for this world. He's he's certainly not long for the ring. He's he's got a very limited move set now. I am terrified every time. He takes a bump. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll it's soon like see. Your, it's like watching your granddad walk up the stairs. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I should love Homer. And then watching the match at the new beginning in Sendai against Ishif in 2015, it just makes you realise that it's it's such a loss, and I feel so sorry for him. Um, yeah, he's getting on, but like it makes sense that he can't really move anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I gave this five stars out of ten. What did you give it, Chris? Five, yeah. yeah, completely inoffensive. Really, really good. Uh, match two then, the final match of Night One's pre-show was a tag team match with Tenkoji defeating Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi at 5 minutes and 47 seconds with the Lariat. This match, Chris, infinitely better than their World Tag League final day match. Yeah, because fucking they only had to go 5 minutes. Everyone got their shit in. Nakanishi, this ironically was the best I've seen Nakanishi since I started watching New Japan. No, Nakanishi's never been good the whole time I've been watching New Japan. I've been watching a couple of years before you did. And like, here's the, every time I talk to like someone who's been watching New Japan from like the mid-2000s when Nakanishi was having his big run, they're like, yeah, he's basically a company guy who got a run. And it's like, that makes sense, because who the fuck else is hiring Mac- Nakanishi? Yeah, so it, again, it's nice to get the dads on... Wrestle Kingdom, Chris Charlton again providing excellent, excellent commentary and saying that this is, I believe, Yuji Nagata's 24th consecutive Tokyo Dome show. I'm sure that's 
the number. I will double check, but I'm sure that's the number. In which case, Jesus Christ. Fair enough to him. Fair enough to him. Um, completely inoffensive match. Again, like I said, far, 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 far better than their previous match. I gave it five just because I think it needs to be sort of differentiated from that wrestle that uh, World Tag League match. What did he give a World Tag League match? Uh, four. Ah, uh, see, the, t- the Tag League match from last year, I gave it two. It is historically the worst rated match on the Young Lion, I believe. Uh, you know, in the time I've been doing it, and then fucking Nagini versus Yoshihashi happened, and I'm like, that's worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, from the New Japan Cup. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah they wanted... I'm, I'm sure that match was... Well, that entire tournament was supposed to be seen as, you know, some manner of coming out party for Yoshihashi and sticking in with Manabu Nakanishi in the opening round. I feel like was a fairly counterproductive. Yeah, it's kind of like trying to teach someone guitar by giving them a piano. Yeah, absolutely. And ironically, Nakanishi moves like a piano. So, he moves you know. like a fucking tree. Actually, I'm pretty sure the trees in Lord of the Rings are more mobile than him. <laughs> Um, we move on then, and we move on to the opening of the show, and we open up with the Jushin Thunder Liger retirement eight-man tag team match with the team of Taguchi, Naoki Sano, Sinjaro Otani, and Takaiwa defeating Jushin Thunder Liger, the Great Sasuke, Tatsumi Fujinami, and Tiger Mask at eight minutes and 52 seconds with the Dodon. Now, Chris, before we get into anything, the result... And I know it's bizarre to start a review with the result. I am perfectly content with Liger losing in his second match, in his second retirement match on night two. I understand that. It makes booking sense. It makes historical sense. It just makes sense. Why? Oh, fucking why? Did Jushin Thunder Liger lose this match? And not only lose this match, did Taguchi... The ass man, whose offense is purely arse-based, why did he, of all people, get the pinball? Honestly, when he hit the dodon, I physically said out loud, don't you fucking dare. Right, so, first of all, um, Kataguchi, if he has it, he should flaunt it. And second of all, he's a young up-and-comer, Rob, we need to, we need to put him over. I disagree. Fucking bull- bullshit. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the positives. Because honestly, like, the result of this match isn't my favourite part. My favourite part is Sana. Because what the fuck? Yeah, um, we talked about on the preview show, Chris, about how we weren't sure, you know, these were all absolutely outstanding in their field when they were, you know, at peak age. Um, Tatsumi Fujinami, just a little bit of a side. Side note, getting an 